Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. My parents, everyone was completely against it. Like they're like, you know, you can't quit. This is such a hyping jobs. What are you going to do? What if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? And I'm like, what if it does? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Real Estate Lab podcast. In this lab, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the most brilliant minds in real estate investing. Then turn their wisdom into practical advice and knowledge that we can use to boost our income. And now, let's turn it over to our host, V. It's a great day to be alive and to invest in real estate. My name is Viku, and you're now listening to my show, the Real Estate Lab podcast. How are you doing, my friends? First of all, Happy New Year. I know it's a little bit late. I am so sorry for not publishing anything for over um, two months. Uh, I didn't plan for it to be that way. I had some issue with my wisdom tooth on and off for the last two months. And if you have dealt with this before, you know, toughing it out is not uh, an ideal solution. It's, in fact, it's an idiotic choice. And I learned that the hard way, you know, waiting, waiting, and waiting, just kept on pounding pain mats for the last two months. I am so glad that I finally was able to get it taken care of, and I am back. All right, so enough of the two story. How are you doing? I am so excited to come back to you and publish my show again. What a brutal year 2020 was. I am so confident that you will do so much better in the year 2021. You know, in fact, there's nothing that could be worse, right? We bottomed out in 2020. The only way that it go from here is up. That's the only direction. So let's talk some real estate, shall we? Some real estate investing. Well, my guest today, he is the host of the Gold Color Investor Podcast. He's a full-time real estate syndicator and also principal of Mazos Capital. He is Pancham Gupta. He has a master's degree from Carnegie Mellon University, and his firm currently has a little bit over $43 million asset under management. This guy is a joy to talk to, and he has so much knowledge to share. So without further ado, let's dive into today's show with Pancham Gupta. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Lab Podcast. I have Pancham Gupta here with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, V, for having me. It's it's an amazing to be with you, you know. Hey, man, it's, it's awesome to have you on the show. And um, you and I kind of came to the U.S. At, at the same time, about 2003. But I want to ask you this. Um, what place did you finish in the 2014 Bike to the West? <laughs> That's a good question. You've done your homework, right? Yeah, no. So I... I have, uh, there was no place, but I can tell you time. Like these are the 100 mile, you know, uh, bike rides that in Lake Tahoe. So I finished, I finished. That was the important part. So <laughs> not the place. So I, I, it took me like about eight, eight and a half hours to do it. 
eight and a half hours to uh, row a hundred miles. Yeah, about that. Oh, holy cow! I also heard that uh, you race around a little bit, race around a track for uh, in a supercar at one point. I yeah, I did. <laughs> Man, you know a lot more. I need to find out like how, where do you get your information? But yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I um. So I was uh, growing up. I was really into Formula One, F1 racing, and I went to multiple um you know races to uh to just as a as a as a you know viewer. But you know when um, one of the things that I had growing up that I want to be a Formula One driver. This is like I'm talking when I'm like fifth and sixth grade. So when I grew up. But <laughs> like no, so so I actually did take a lesson in speed racing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was it's really hard. I, if you've tried, if if you've tried it, you know, like there is g forces on you. Like you know, I was in the car. They said put on the helmet. I'm like in the car helmet. Like so, after you come out, like you really ha- your body has to take a lot of um uh pounding like you know you have your body has to be strong like my neck my shoulders my entire body was aching after after the lesson whole day of lesson so it was oh wow (laughs) amazing experience man yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah now you so you came to the u.s in 2003 for your master degree at uh, Carnegie Mellon University and then you worked in the fintech field for about 14 years but then you decided to quit your job now not only did you quit your job, um, you actually hire a mindset coach to help you quit your job. Tell me a little bit about that decision. Sure. So just to back up a little bit, right? Like the in 2000, so I came in the US in 2003, right? And my idea at the time was that I'll do my master's, get some work experience and then go back home for 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 good and you know do something on my own when i reach home right so but in 2009 we found out that we we're expecting a baby and we decided to delay our plans and in 2012 we kind of completely uh, decided to stay here and that's when i started investing in this place and you know after investing for 3 4 5 years i had properties in five different states and uh during this time i realized that i love real estate so much that i want to make that into a full-time passion right and you know uh, uh i was working weekends i was working late nights my commute was three hours total and i was listening to podcasts reading books and all that stuff and you know uh but at the same time you know engineers have this especially software engineers like we have such a high salary and it was getting way harder for me to uh you know think about even quitting and so i decided you know what let me uh uh you know talk to my wife my my parents everyone was completely against it like they're like you know you can't quit this is such a hyping jobs what are you going to do what if this doesn't work what if that doesn't work and i'm like what if it does right, <laughs> so, right, right. so no one is talking about what if it does so but at the same time they were right Right, there were all these benefits, very very high paying job, and um, but on the other side, I had this passion of mine which I really absolutely loved, and I had gotten into syndications around mm-hmm. this, like you know in two thousand fifteen and sixteen uh, to scale the business up because it was not easy to scale this business, right? Like so that's I that's why I started looking into scaling opportunities, and I came across syndications, and that's how I got into syndications, but. 
to answer your question it was still extremely hard because the amount of money that i was making in in the job for me to replace that it was very difficult to uh you know scale that up but to get outside of my own head i'll read so many mindset books and if you have read these books you would know that the entire theme of these books the summary is that you have to follow your passion right so i was like you know what i need to get help to get out of my own head because there are things that i'm not able to see so i decided to hire a mindset coach and my first call my first thing uh with him was that you know what i'm hiring you to help me quit my job and it's a funny story when i go back uh, when i went back to my wife after that call and i told her you know what i'm hiring a mindset coach to help me quit my job she was like to do what <laughs> like to help me quit my job she's like if you want to quit just go quit why you have to pay someone some money uh, that to not small amount of money to help you in how not to make money so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was like um, it was hard decision but i went to the mindset coach and as everyone says uh, it's 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 easier said than done uh, that really helped me really uh, clarified my goal my focus and i decided that you know this full time job even though i was getting a lot of uh, you know uh, making a lot of money and it was serving the purpose i liked my job but it i did not see this job in my you know long term life goal so you know i did this exercise in 5 years from now where do i see myself and this job was nowhere like you know so i i actually you know that's that's how i quit my job long answer to your short question <laughs> no no totally this is this is great because most of real estate investors think about hiring a mentor in how to teach you to invest right to do real estate investing not that many people think that i need to hire a mindset coach so what else did you get out of that mindset coach besides helping you to quit your job so a lot of other things like you know it helped me uh, really focus on my goals right and how to set goals that's an art i believe that you know it's a science actually but you know it's it's uh, if you know exactly what you uh, how you set your goals it's it becomes really easy to focus on that i have this whiteboard right here you people cannot see it you know i i have written like 90 day goals and you know uh, very high level and then i focus on like there is this method of rpm we can go into that if you want but basically i learned that and then also uh, learned uh, you know uh, what is how you manage your time like you know even though it's a very well talked about subject but it's really hard to implement and i'm still learning how to get better at it so i i i i learned like a way of doing that at least how how that was taught um how, how that coach actually thought about and you know he gave that his wisdom um so i learned that and then i also learned that you know um very hypothetically speaking this is not from that coaching but it kind of solidified that thought in my mind that you know for anything that we want to do in life we as engineers we get this feeling of analysis paralysis and you know uh, we feel that you know our ego comes in the way that we can figure anything out right if it is real you know if we can if we can if as engineers we can figure anything out right and it may take us 10 years 
to get to where you want to be but we can figure it out like our ego comes in the way but my, one thing i really learned is that it's not about whether you can figure it out yes you can figure it out but it may take you 10 years it's about compressing the time frames you know how quickly you can get to the goal where you want to go unless you are going to mars where no one has ever done it before there is someone who has gone through the path that you're trying to get to right so why not follow the lead of a person and learn from all the mistakes that that person has done and then compress the time frame that you're trying to reach and you know i give this example not as in any way bragging in any way you know just as to inspire people right that we like in my case i went from uh you know zero dollars in syndications to eight million dollars in asset man like assets under management within eight months of me uh you know making that decision so if i could if i was going to do that all by myself it could have i could have still done it but it may have taken me let's say three years in that case you know i just saved over two years of time right so that's those are the things that some of the key key things that i learned yeah definitely a, a friend of mine would say um that's like having a coach is like writing a check to go faster exactly it's uh, you know a lot of people and me included i used to think all of this as a cost uh you know but now i think of this as investment at this point i have invested in many many different kinds of coaches like you know not just the mindset i have a business coach sales coach even even the uh you know real estate related coach and i i wanted to write a book so i had a book coach so oh wow <laughs> so, you know like at this point like i don't even think so whatever i want to do and if i have never done it before yes i can figure it out but i find someone who's done it and it's best at it or great at it just go and talk to that person and see what would it take for me to learn that quicker right and do you mind sharing uh, the name of your mindset coach for the listener absolutely my man so his name is trevor mcgregor okay um, coach t coach t yeah, <laughs> yeah. i see it seems like a lot of the rosday investor goes to him for for mindset coaching yeah yeah no he's great at what he does so you know absolutely recommend him if if anyone wants to uh hire one right now um you mentioned you read you read a lot of books and a book that inspire you to quit your job or and even you get to met the author of the book um it's called cash flow quadrant <laughs> what did you learn from the book oh that book is just life changing book i did a full episode on my own podcast a solo episode to just discuss that um the idea in that book is that there are you know I, the robert kiyosaki divides the income earners how you make your income into four different quad like uh, sectors in the in the quadrant right so esbni so left side is employees and and um, uh, self employed people and the right side is business owners which is b and i for investors so it's hard to believe but 90% of the wealth is controlled by the right side of the quadrant and the left side of the quadrant works uh 90% more than the people on the right side to which controls 10% of the wealth it's it's hard to believe but it is it is so true so i what i learned from that book is that book was mainly that people on the left side pay highest in taxes they work for money 
and they trade their time for money basically and the people on the right side they work uh, their money works for them and their wealth is not tied to what they do and they control most of the people on the left side so the moral of the story was that we have to slowly move from the left to the right and that's what i did and it took me i say that took me like almost uh, 9 years to get there uh, not 9 8 years to get there but um, but it's 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 a journey that you have to take and he talks about that in the book that it's not a easy journey it's like going from being a caterpillar to a butterfly the process is very very difficult like uh, but it's something that is doable if you're committed to it and that book helped you quit your job at bloomberg yeah no it did and so that book was more of an eye opener in terms of you know what i need to move to the right side and then after that lot of mindset books you know there's i, I even at the time when i was quitting my job or in the process of quitting i actually had I uh, read this book Turning Pro by Steven Pressfield that was also very very impactful book for me very short book but it was it was good good book so Turning Pro Turning Pro yeah turning professional basically right 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 yeah that's cool um so you read a lot of mindset books what's your most um what's what's your most favorite mindset quote quote Yeah. Um all right there are many of them so one that i absolutely love is from jim rohn and uh it's that um uh, it's on pain and discipline if you give me a second just i can i can it, it's it's um, it's about this that in your life you need to have two pains pain of discipline or pain of regret the difference is that uh, discipline weighs ounces and the regret weighs tons Oh wow. That's that's cool. That's the first time I I hear this one. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I actually did a short episode on this just this quote uh that you know how every single time you have to go through two pains every single time like if you'd really de- look at your day either you have to be disciplined or you will regret. Like would have could have should have. Like he talks about, you know, everyone knows that eating apple a day mm-hmm. yeah. is easy to do. But it's also not easy to do because uh you know you have to be disciplined how many of you have eaten an, an apple a day which is an easy thing to do for 3 years in a row every single day not easy to do so <laughs> you have to be disciplined or you know you have to have two pains pain of discipline or pain of regret man that's cool now we're talking to pentram gupta host of the go color investor podcast You can check it out at www.dgoldcolorinvestor.com. Uh, now, Benjamin, your podcast uh, help high-paid professionals learn about investing outside of Wall Street. What do you feel is missing from their formal education that they need to tune to? Po- you know podcast like yours sure so it's the same thing that you know robert kiyosaki talks about in the book but i talk about it in a more practical manner so uh, we in in school you know we go and learn a trade and we really become good at it and we go out and work in the uh, corporate uh, jobs to uh, you know use our skill set and trade our time for money and you know we really don't get to learn about investing in school and or how to think about personal finance and that's what i talk about on the podcast really to help 
high paid professionals to diversify outside of wall street to create multiple income streams and not just you know uh, about personal finance but also we discuss things like you know asset protection uh things like you know uh creating uh family trust or uh life insurance investing in hard assets like you know physical gold and silver and economy things like that so that was my purpose of the podcast and a lot of listeners who my listener base is yeah tech people who are working in facebook apple amazon netflix google and one scary thing yes their company stock is going up and up and up and it's doing really good and when we are recording this but one scary part to me is that their net worth and their income both is tied to the stock of in most cases one company so which mm-hmm. is a very scary thought right because they get these options rsus and 401k a lot of money is invested in one company stock and they also get paid in those stocks stock options so yeah that's that's the goal of the podcast You are not only a podcast host but you are also a principal of Mazo's uh, Capital and a full-time real estate syndicator. How are you able to put on so many hats? That's one thing that I learned from the mindset coach. That's a good question. So, you know, like I mainly do two things like if i really were to think of, about uh, what i do one is like educate people just like yourself your great podcast that you have, you know, um to educate people about personal finance and that's the education side which is the gold collar investor podcast and then second is our investing company which is the mesos capital where we uh, <clears throat> where we take the where we put together this these opportunities for investors to invest their money so that they can create a passive stream of income so those are the two things how do i do this it's again very hard it's uh, mainly time management i feel i could do more but i if i get better at time management which i'm still learning every day how to get better at right and time management is a thing but then i'm sure you also have a team to help you out right absolutely absolutely yeah so without real estate is a team sport as you and i know right like you can do all of these things uh, yourself for on the podcasting side i have so many people who help me out uh, you know i'm sure you you may have those people to 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 really put the show together and and put it out on on live and then on the real estate side we have so many team members again who help us out we have our team lender like who don't directly work for us but they are part of our team like our, our our attorney our lender our syndication attorney our pm company and then we have our own team which helps us you know like who are helps us you know ma- manage asset manage bunch of things so yeah it's a team sport man and then we have a lot of investors who who put their trust in us so part of the team how i'm curious how big is your team and how do you put this team together so that's a good thing it's the same thing that i did at bloomberg where i was putting together like i had a pretty big team when i was hiring yes i was hiring at bloomberg's dime where it was not really anything that going out of our pocket but the principles are the same like we were looking for people we are, i'm looking for people who are go getters and really want to uh, do things and learn so we use a lot of virtual assistants right yeah so we have people in philippines we have people in india we have people in nigeria we have people here in the us uh, who help us out um uh, you know and uh, with different functions 
right? Uh, there are things which where we don't need local presence and there we use virtual assistants, but where there, are, there are things where we do need local presence and that, that's where we use people here in the in the U.S. Do you have some of the traits that you look for? Yeah, so one of the biggest traits that I look for is that they have to be go-getter. Like, you know, you have to ask this question. Um, you know, I I asked, like, you know, uh, I used to ask this question even at Bloomberg. You know, I would give them a scenario and tell them how would they come, how, what, how would they handle that scenario? And, uh, you know, it could different depending on different job positions, it would, could be different. And and then I will make the scenario harder and harder and harder and see how they react to that. And, you know, the, the goal is to really see that do they uh, melt down under that pressure or do they, you know, take the bull by the horns and they, they would want to step up. That's cool, man. Now, uh, I know you are you are also starting a funds to do deals as well. Could you share with me and the audience what does it take to start your own funds? And and before you you answer that, also just to take a step back and explain in plain English, what does it mean by starting uh, starting your own fund? Sure. So, do you want me to explain real quick what a syndication is? So that, sure. Yeah. So you know, so far what we have done is we have done single asset syndications. What that means is that we find a property first and we like the property and we go under contract on that. And once we have that property and we know that we are under contract, at that point, we start a syndication process. And what is a syndication? Syndication is basically, uh, it's a general term that you, bunch of people coming together to do a project and share resources. In our case, we share the capital and we go do, do a deal and the investors in return get nice return for their money. So that's what a syndication is. So in a single asset syndication, we will, uh, once we have a property under contract, we would go and uh, create this legal documents using a SEC attorney to uh, do all the legal paperwork. And, you know, there are different exemptions where 506B, 506C, you know, we won't go into technicals, but that's what we do and once that is done we go out and raise capital under that syndication so it is a standalone syndication and you know a standalone project that once that syndication is closed or we close that property that's it it's everything is closed and no one can invest capital in that deal and uh, and all the investors who came in that deal are only in that deal so that's what the you know single asset syndication is now a fund on the other side is uh, is made up of uh, objectives you know blind fund so to speak so you may not have a deal in front of you uh, you know when you're investing in a fund so what you're investing in is really you have bunch of objectives and um, when you create a fund, you lay out these objectives objectives very clearly. For example, um, you define that you are going to look for properties built between 1980 and 2000. They have to be above 100 units. They have to have pitch roofs. They cannot have window ACs. They cannot have chiller system. There has to be certain kind of piping. There has to, you know, so all those different parameters you lay out that these are the kind of properties that we are going to buy in this fund. And once, once you have those objectives ready and it's very clear, 
uh, and what kind of returns that you would offer to the investors. Then you go out to the similar SEC attorney and create a syndication, uh, sorry, this fund documentation, which is very similar to the a single asset syndication, right? The process is exactly the same. There is no much difference in terms of the legal process, but the the uh, objectives are very different. But as an investor now, you are investing in something intangible, right? Like you don't have a property. You have to be, uh, you have to know, like, and trust the syndicator or the person who is the fund manager. They will use your capital wisely and, and do the deals that make sense, right? right. So, so that's a very at a very high level difference between a fund and a single asset syndication. And then there are a bunch of benefits of, of going into a fund. I can talk about that. And there are some negatives too. If you want, I can I can talk yeah, about that. Totally. All right. So uh, uh, the benefits of doing a fund is that like we are in an environment right now where we believe that there could be a lot of deals coming down later on in the market cycle. Like, you know, we are uh, very close to election. And uh, so what we want to do is that we know exactly what kind of properties we would like to buy. Let's say you know that. And you want to make sure that the money is ready to go, right? So in that case, you don't know, you know exactly what you want to buy, but you don't want to buy it just now, but you want to make sure that you have the investor capital lined up to do a deal, right? So Mm -hmm. that way you are, you know, that's one of the benefits of doing the fund. So we call that as a timing diversification. Like you're really investing uh, in a fund. And again, it also depends on how you structure the fund. Like for example, in our case, we are not going to get all the capital. A lot of people have this question, oh, if I invest in a fund, do I need to write, let's say I'm investing $100,000, $100,000 check. And what if you don't have a deal? So my money is just sitting in a bank account. So that's a very valid question. So, you know, way we have structured it and there are many ways to structure this that we only take 10% or 5% of the capital, uh, you know, as a commitment before we find a deal, right? So that's one. And then you get diversification across asset classes. For example, you could have a deal in uh, in market one or market two or market three, and one deal may go and throw it out of the park and one deal may go bad, but overall you average out the returns and it will still meet the objective. So you have that diversification. If you are in a single deal, you don't get that. If the deal bombs, deal bombs right if the deal does good you you do good and then you have geographical uh diversification too because assets could be in different geographies Mm -hmm. and then you can get strategy related diversification too because you know in our fund we are doing both development deals and also uh existing multifamily deals so you get uh you know a growth and also the cash flow kind of in the same fund Right. Uh, again, that depends on fund to fund. It can be sliced and diced in many, many different ways. So those are some of the benefits, but the the negatives too. You don't have an asset. So if you're an investor and you're investing for the first time with this indicator, you you probably won't do it because you don't know how they they perform, right? And you don't right. even know what asset you're going to be investing in. Uh, but but a lot of people do that already in their four hundred one ks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was going to say that because you you can basically turn it over to your fund manager. Yeah. Uh, then you go in fund A, fund B, fund C. That's it. That's those are your limited choices. Exactly. And then 
um uh yeah and and also the other thing is that as a syndicator you need to be able to uh know exactly when the investors are coming in when they're going out uh and then uh for for investors sometimes it could become really complicated for them to review the numbers right now because instead of one asset they could be like five assets right now all of that is funneling up into the fund right so it could get hard for them to review the numbers easily if it is one asset it's very easy like it's just one that one asset right everything is related right. to that asset um so yeah those are some of the negatives of a fund so you mentioned that um one of the challenges uh, you mentioned is for the investor to ma- kind of manage the portfolio and looking at their numbers do you have a portal that you use to show all of the numbers kind of like the the one that people have with the 401k they could just go in there and just look at their performance yeah we do we do have a investor portal and they can go in and check check the numbers like we we're still improving on that we recently got it uh it's not where we want it to be but it's definitely there is this something that you developed yourself because of your background no i wish i could like and that would be the third hat that i would have to wear like you mentioned and i don't think i have the time cycles for that but i wish if if i it 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 was me that i would uh, probably do many more things but as we know that you could do so many things it's just the focus you have to focus on the things that you really are passionate about right now i i um understand that your fund is very successful and you even talk about it in in our pre podcast call you you mentioned that um it's not hard for you to raise money you're you can raise money very easily but for a newer investor how should that person brand himself or herself to achieve the kind of success that you have so uh you mean a brand new syndicator right another person who wants to do what you do yeah. how does that person position himself or herself to be in that same category like you and have some success right so first of all we haven't launched the fund you mentioned that we are already right. we have done a lot of indications yeah right, right. so uh, to answer your question right the way i can tell you the way we got num- it started is a number one get educated right that's number one thing you really need to know what you're doing and you know before even start getting investor capital at the same time you need to start once you are educated you need to start talking to your family and friends and you know people in your network and tell them all about what you do right and uh, you know start talking to them about you know if i have this kind of deal a hypothetical deal a completely hypothetical thing um you know would you be interested in investing something like this like you would ha- want to create that kind of you want to have those kind of conversations start having those kind of conversations to see how much how people react and that's exactly what we did you know before we start got got started we you know we all i was already investing in real estate for some time and people knew what i was doing uh so they had expressed interest oh you know if you have something like this let me know a few handful of people and before i got into syndications i i i asked all of these guys that if we were to do something like this would you be interested just mm-hmm. a simple verbal you know kind of affirmation from them that yeah you know what they would be they may or may not do it when the actual deal comes but you just need to get an idea right right so when we 
so that's how you start and you know and then you need to start putting something in front of them otherwise because if you start talking to these people and you spend 5 years looking for a deal they're going to lose you right like yeah, <laughs> right, so right. you have to put something together too so it's like chicken and an egg problem right what comes first deal come first deals come you know or, or the investors come first so it's the you know you you have to do both slowly slowly iterate and that's how we did it you know i'm sure there there might be different ways to skin the cat but that, i would say that that like my engineering brain thinks of it that way that you have to do it that way yeah and then um what are the things that the investor or any investors needs to consider when starting a fund you mean a multi asset fund right, right. yes so yes. in that case the number one thing is the objective you have to be very clear on what kind of object like you know things that you're going to do in the fund right so for example uh, we discussed this a little bit like you know uh, what kind of properties you're going to buy in what markets you're going to buy what kind of mark like you know what kind of uh, returns that you're going to target and who you know and what kind of distributions you want to do so all of that is very important and i would say that if you're just starting out fund may not be a good choice because first of all you need to have some kind of track record uh you know for people to know like and trust you and also for yourself your own thing you would get more experience by doing one or two three deals to really see uh what makes sense for you what kind of returns before you even create a fund right now once again we're talking to pendram gupta principal of mezos capital host of the gold color investor podcast and real estate in syndicator investor his website is www.goldcolorinvestors.com now everything you do up to this point seems to be very successful has it always been that way and uh, what's the most profound lessons you have see you uh Uh, you know tony robbins says that failure is a stepping stone something like that it's not exact quote that to success so you know we have had so many disappointments over over time that uh, you know we have lost money uh, you know in due diligence like there was this 78 unit deal that we were doing and we spent almost 15000 approximately on that and uh, found out what the seller was talking about it was completely bad and there were many small smaller deals that we have done where uh, that we have not done where we have lost money uh, some of that those deals were the best lost money but those are the failures that we had uh, and we learned a lot from them the other thing um, that we have learned from is the partners like you have to be really really careful when you're choosing a partner i'm blessed to have um you know partner uh, who where we have complementary skills uh, you know things that i like uh, you know he doesn't like to do things like he likes i don't like to do it's mm-hmm. not that we both can't do those things we both can do all those things but it's just that he enjoys and loves doing those things and i i don't and same and vice versa so 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 that's a great partnership and uh, i would say that that's one of the biggest thing that we have learned is that choosing partners wisely uh, uh i don't know if that answers you yeah yeah you know choosing choosing partner is really hard it's like um 
when you get into business with a, another partner, it's almost like you're getting in bed together. You, you have to find someone who you trust completely because it's, it's like a marriage. Exactly. Um, you don't want to get into business. And, and you know, you have money involved. Sometimes it's millions of dollars. And if you have a bad business partners, well, that person could away your integrity in, you know, sometimes with your investors. You know, exactly. they, they did something to damage your reputation. Yeah, no, that is such a great point that, you know, it's uh, in, especially in syndication business, I think it's it's even more important. In general, it's important, but in syndication business, it's even more important because uh, you're dealing with the investor's money. Right. Now, what do you see as um, some of the challenges or opportunity in this coming year? So... That is a great question. Like, you know, we discussed this so much, so much, like so many times uh, among ourselves. So it's from the challenge point of view, it really depends. I'll preface this. So this is my opinion that, you know, um, if the another stimulus package does not come, right? A lot of people, uh, even the stock market has been going up and up and up and, you know, uh, the on the main street which is people who own businesses who own restaurants who own gyms and you know spas and all these different service uh, level uh, businesses they are hurting really bad so there are 23 or 26 million people unemployed or furloughed and then we have all these businesses who are hurting really bad and then you know slowly slowly what we see is that if the stimulus packages are not there or uh, you know, people are don't become comfortable with the medicines or whatever, like against this uh, virus, that we may see a ripple effect of this in the next year. And a lot of people may start losing their homes where they were filed, where they filed for forbearance, which is coming to an end or already ended and it doesn't get extended. And these people are not back to work. And, you know, they will start filing for foreclosures and and slowly, slowly, there will be a ripple effect. So that's one side of things where we do believe that there will be uh, some opportunities uh, for people who have the money ready to pound on some of these opportunities. And that's one reason we are creating a fund. For you know, But the other side is that if the government keeps printing and they keep, uh, you know, uh, keep the stimulus packages alive and they get their act together and they pass one. And in that case, this thing can uh, get kicked down the road and it's possible, although I feel very unlikely that some of these things which have closed uh, will come back because I believe some of these things are businesses are going to be permanently closed. They're, they're not coming back even after the stimulus packages are out there. So regardless of stimulus package being there or not there, we feel there will be opportunities in the coming year. But if the stimulus package is there, yeah, the, some of these opportunities may get delayed a little bit. Right, man. Now, Benjamin, you've been so kind to join me on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with me, with the listener on the show. One last question before I let you go. If you met your 2003 version of yourself, what would you say to him? Get to learn about investing outside of Wall Street. Learn about personal finance right away and just do it. And probably, you know, I wish I, would, I started just right out of college. So don't, don't even go for the master. 
<laughs> no, I think do the masters. Like in my case, I did the masters, but I wish I had learned uh, all this that I started learning in 2012, starting in 2005. Uh, okay, you've been terrific, man. Thank you again for your time. Uh, for you that's listening, make sure, make sure you check out the Go Collar Investor podcast. Um, our guest email is p at the goldcollarinvestor.com. Make sure you reach out to him and connect with him. Uh, also, Panjim, uh, let's share with the listener how else to connect with you and do you have any parting words of wisdom? Sure. You know, I have this report that I produced, uh, you know, six reasons, my six reasons to diversify outside of Wall Street and what to do and exact steps there. So if, you, if you're interested, you can download that uh, for free on my website, thegoldcollarinvestor.com forward slash download. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for your time once again. And um, make sure you go connect with him. He, this guy knows his stuff. And, uh, you know, he worked at Bloomberg and was at one point. And uh, Bloomberg even sponsored him so that he could stay in the U.S. with us. Uh, that to tell you, if you're not familiar with the process, people who are really, really smart, don't, you know, they get sponsored by the employer. And uh, this guy is one of them. Not that many people get that, you know, the green card to work. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you for your uh, for having me on the show. It's been a blast. That's the end of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five stars rating and review on iTunes for the Real Estate Lab podcast. Until next time, have a prolific week.